My name is Patrick Nugent. On June 23, 2019, I started walking with Jesus. Come hear my story and the story of so many others whose lives have been changed by their walks with Him. Come walk with us. This episode is an incredible story of how Jesus even rescues an atheist from the hell of abuse. Where God just reached down and said, I'm real and I love you. Jeff's beautiful story is one of rescue and redemption for a man with a hardened heart that only Jesus can break through. Truly, I should be in prison. The path that I was on and God said, no. We hope you enjoy part one of our interview with Jeff Fernandez. Thanks for walking with us. I'm thrilled to have the chance to sit here with Mr. Jeff Fernandez. Jeff has been a mentor of mine through my walk with Jesus, and I'm just excited to get the chance to have a conversation with him. Jeff, would you like to introduce yourself? Patrick, I would love to. Uh, so my name is Jeff Fernandez, uh, and I am super excited to be a part of this. Jeff, what do you do for a living? Yeah. So I'm a youth pastor. I'm the youth pastor at a church called The Bridge. Uh, you you know a little bit about the bridge, Patrick, I do. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've been here for a little over seven years now, and uh, love it. I've I've been working with students uh, in one form or another for over thirty one years now. But that's amazing. Uh, but here at the bridge for just over seven. So. And what age group of students? Yeah, that's a great question. So middle school through high school. So if you're in sixth grade all the way through 12th grade, yeah, that's my world. That's so a very pivotal time in young people's lives too. It is. And so it is. Uh, how'd you come to serve in that capacity? How, how'd you feel that call? That's a, that's a big question right there. <laughs> well, this is a big podcast. It's a big now. podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying go big yeah. or go home. Yeah. So people underestimate my willingness to go home. Often. <laughs> you know, I mean, home is where the heart is. That's right. And it's also where my food is. Yeah. So, and, and my, my bed, bed and my TV and, my wife is there. like, yeah. I love home. Yeah, so. me too. Same, <laughs> same. However, since we're here, I guess we should talk Let's about- Let's go for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, it is a good question, Patrick. I was not raised a believer. I, I wasn't born a Christian. I, I wasn't in the faith, you know, at an early age. Uh, in fact, for me, it was the actual opposite. Like, I didn't want anything to do with this Jesus mm. or any of his followers. Um don't know how deep you want to get into any of that. As deep as you're willing to go, sure, for sure. sure. Yeah. So uh, I, like I said, wasn't raised in this. Um, my parents were both uh, tough. They were, they were people who uh, had been hurt a lot mm. in their life. Mm -hmm. And um, they also then hurt other people, including yeah. me and, and my sister, mm. a lot. Um, very abusive home. Um, not a lot of love. Uh, in fact, my father actually had a, he, he could not say out loud that he loved me. Hmm. Um, a lot of abuse, a lot of physical abuse, a lot of emotional, uh, verbal abuse. Um, I, I can remember at five years old, uh, pulling my father off of my sister. My sister was older than me by about four years. So she's nine, I'm five, and he would just whoop her. Mm. And I can remember times of just pulling him off of her to get him to stop or standing in between to try to get him to stop. Um, and then, you know, for a long time, this was to my shame, 
I can remember times of just standing there so that he wouldn't hurt me. Mm. Um, but I always knew in my mind, like I would, I would see that and I always knew in my mind, I would not cower. My sister was no coward. Um, but she would like huddle, she would cover, she would, sure. you know, hold it, put her hands up to protect, yeah. to, to break the blows. And I always knew I would not do that. Mm. Um, I knew there would be a day that he would come for me and I was going to go down swinging. So literally, I, I remember at 10 years old, uh, my father and I would, we would throw fists at each other, bare knuckles, and we would go. And mm. I was a little, I'm not a big man now. Uh, but I was a little, little guy and I just had a lot of scrap in me. Yeah. So we would fight and throw fists pretty hard. Um, not like playful joking, messing around, like I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Um, my motto was always that I would never throw the first punch, but I would always have to throw the last punch hmm. because if I didn't, I wouldn't wake up in the morning. Hmm. And I was 13 then, the first time that my dad actually did try to kill me. Uh, that night, he told me how he was going to kill me and then attempted it, went for it. Um, spoiler alert, he was not successful. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> The audience is now shocked. Yes, clearly shocked. shocked. <laughs> but that was the first time. Wow. Um, yeah. Tried to strangle me. Mm. Uh, I wore makeup on my neck for days to hide the strangle marks. My mom actually put the makeup on my neck for me so that, you know, people wouldn't know. We were a solidly dysfunctional family. Sure. Um, but to, to me, um, uh, growing up in that, my parents were both quote unquote Christians. Mm. And so in my head as a as a small kid, as a uh, adolescent, I always looked at that and said, that's you following Jesus. I don't want any part of you. I, I, and I had some choice words for Jesus. And at one point then around 13, I literally flipped God off, like mm. both middle fingers fly into the heavens and told God where to go. And I don't believe in you at all. And man, am I glad that God loves me anyway. Mm. So I went through some years of um, declared atheism and um, strong in that. I was a very logical kid. Um, I was a, if you can believe it or not, I was actually a smart kid. Um, I do believe it. The, I do, I've had enough conversations. That you know, I do believe it. The, the first time I took my SATs to get into college, I was in fifth grade and so I, like, I knew a lot. Mm -hmm. I was a smart, smart kid, but I didn't know how much I didn't know mm. about this God. And mm. during the, my high school years, um, some dear friends of mine kept loving me and they also knew that I was, uh, if you were a Christian and I found out you were a Christian and you came heavy at me, we're out. We're done. We're in fact, I, there were times I made it my job to turn you away, to show you how foolish you were to follow after this Jesus. And I did that. Hmm. There were people that I helped turn away. But 
the Lord continued to put people in my path who just loved on me mm -hmm. and kept showing me this deep, real love. And I didn't want any part of that, Patrick. I was perfectly fine being unhappy where I was. Yeah. But eventually, um, yeah, eventually uh, God got a hold of my heart. And that was a truly beautiful piece to my story. So sure. um, can I share that? I, I would love for you to share that. Um, one night, uh, this dear friend of mine, her name was Gail. Mm -hmm. And I can I just tell you, I hated Gail. When we first met, I hated it because she was a believer in this Jesus and she had no issues letting you know. She wasn't like a um, uh, overly obnoxious person about it. She just, she loved Jesus and I didn't want any part of that. Yeah. And so I actually worked with Gail and uh, she just continued to love on me hmm. and I would be mean to Gail on purpose and she would just exit the situation lovingly and then come back again the next day. And over and over, she just loved on me. And finally, finally, I'll just say, God wore me down with Gail. Hmm. And the, of course, there were other people that he had placed in my life, uh, Doug and Dave and, I mean, so Bill, there's so many people uh, that, that God had used. But Gail was a central figure that I worked with every day. And and one night, Gail had invited me to go to her church with her to this youth group. Now I'm, you know, around a senior in high school, and and I'm I'm kind of a in that time in my life. I'm trying to be a tough looking mm -hmm. kid. Um, I'm not. I mean, I'm a teddy bear inside. People would call me all the time with their problems because I was a great listener, but but I also could have a persona of sure. trying to look hard. Mm -hmm. And so I've got, you know, three earrings and I've got, this is back in the nineties, Patrick. So I've got shaved lines in my Afro. And Did I, you have the mullet too? Oh no, I have an Afro. Okay. So <laughs> if, if I grow my hair out, it is truly, it is, it is a, an Afro. Like so. curly and everything. I'm, I'm Afro Cuban. So okay. I literally have, wow. it, it's a quaff. It, it just grows out. It doesn't grow down. It just grows out. Maybe we'll post a picture in the show notes. You know, I can do that. I can, I can get you some. <laughs> so... So I, I got this leather jacket that I'm just saying I still fit that leather jacket. Yeah. Just so you know. But, uh, and I'm here at this church and there's like 300 kids in this room. Whoa. That's a big group. And Pastor Dan Seaborn is preaching this message. And he's sharing about this Jesus. Hmm. It was something that happened where God just reached down. And said, I'm real. And I love you. And in that moment, I knew that I knew that I knew that my whole life had been built on a lie. And Dan, he's, he's getting done preaching about this gospel. And he says, I just feel like there's somebody in this room right now that needs to, that, like, needs to, Accept this Jesus. And I was not in control of my body. I shot up, <laughs> stood right up. And I, Patrick, can I just tell you, I am an ugly crier. Like <laughs> wait, snot bubbles and weeping. And I am, I'm oh. bawling my face off. Mm -hmm. This, like trying to be this tough kid persona, bawling my face off. 
And I accept this Jesus that night. And in that moment, right in that moment, I knew that the rest of my life, I was going to be telling people about this Jesus. Hmm. I knew that the rest of my life, God, you, you are calling me into working with, with kids, with other students to share this love, this freedom, this mercy that I had just received. I knew everyone needed this. Yes. Because I was wrong. And everyone needs this. There's not a soul I know that doesn't need this freedom that I just found. And I was so wrong. And I, I told you the wrong things. And you need to know, let me tell you about this freedom. And I was bursting yeah. inside. And I went from this kid who was hard and didn't want anything to do with any of you Jesus people to sharing all over my high school campus about the freedom I just received. It, side note, I suppose in that moment, I also made a vow. I was never going to fight my father again. Oh, I'm a believer in this Jesus. This is real. I'm done with fighting. I'd fought my father more times than I could count. And, and I'm again, not a big man, just a scrapper, like handle myself, hold sure. my own. And Never going to do that again. Hmm. And there was just one more night later in life that everything went down. And I almost killed my father that night. And he almost killed me. And the grace of the living God just broke through again. And here I am, 30-some years later. Wow. I think it's good after that to just kind of step back and go the miracle that God performs every day. You know, when you read about stories that Jesus does in the Bible, you, you read those and you go, but you're 2000 years removed from yeah. that. Yeah. We're 2000 years removed. Yeah. How can this still be relevant? What, what, what people now, when I talk to people about it and I, I, I talk about it, I say, you know, Jesus didn't perform a miracle 2000 years ago. I mean, he did. But he performed a miracle yesterday yeah. when he helped that drunk get sober. Yes. And he performed a miracle this morning Yes. when he helped someone deal with the cancer that they're battling, yes. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's not something. So to hear the idea of the podcast is to hear the stories of people from now, from 2022, who God reached in and rescued them and pulled them out of something yeah. that Jesus was able to say, okay, you're going to walk with me now yep. and it's going to be different. Yep. As a late teenager, you were getting used to all kinds of things being different. Oh, and- oh mercy. It was, you know, I, I vividly remember not knowing anything about this. Mm-hmm. Like I had kicked the tires a little bit, but I, I didn't know anything about this. And, And in that moment, like in those, you know, short couple of weeks after my conversion, I really sensed God deeply saying, son, you have walked 18 years away from me. Hmm. Now spend your time walking in me, walking with me. Like now spend your, devote your time to me, press into this and watch what I will do. 
And, and I did. And, and when I say I did, not of my coolness or my own, you know, strength or my own greatness or there wasn't any factor of me that, uh, that was, that got me to a, a deeper relationship with God. It was him revealing himself to me. Yeah. It was him showing the, the freedom that I got was so attractive. It was so drawing. Like it, it was completely opposite of all the things I'd been in in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I had been void of love and now I was overflowing with love that I couldn't contain. I couldn't cap it. I couldn't like, I couldn't box this away and like right. hide it. it the, I was free, truly free yeah. from what I had grown up in. And so to dive into the word then, I, I wanted that. I wanted to know the things I didn't know. Yeah. I wanted so deeply to know like, what have I been wrong in? What else have I gotten yeah, wrong? Right. <laughs> like, what else am I messy in? Because if he brought me freedom that night, boy, I bet he's going to do it again. I bet he's going to give me more freedom in some way. And and I realized really early on that I could not earn. Mm. I couldn't work hard enough. I couldn't be good enough. I couldn't do things well enough. I could not perform, Patrick. Yeah. I couldn't perform enough to make myself worthy of this freedom that God was giving me, this love and new life. Yeah. Scripture says, you know, he puts new clothes, you know, he takes the old off and puts the new on it. I had new clothes. And the beauty of that is that I continue to this day to have new clothes Mm -hmm. because it's not just a one-time shot. Right. And, and it's every day. And I think we get that wrong. Yeah. Boy, I just, I know so many, I've I've been a youth pastor a long time, right? I've been working with kids since my conversion. I've been working with, with students to Mm. lead them to Christ. And I don't, I don't know how many people like the Lord has, you know, used me to be a part of that journey or that seed planting or mm-hmm. even sometimes that harvest but but i the the pieces that i constantly see is that just deep desire to it, it's funny I, I tell people like this um patrick i'll take you out to lunch today right let's go to lunch we'll yep. we'll go grab lunch and you know what I, I like you a lot patrick i'm buying lunch and so if i buy you lunch today you're gonna be like wow thanks man that's that's really generous that's cool thank you so much I appreciate that. And then we're going to get done with lunch. We're going to be wrapping up. And I'm going to say, hey, Patrick, this was so fun. You know what? Let's go to lunch again tomorrow. And I'm buying again. And what are you going to say? You're going to say, no, 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 no. You know what? Let me buy tomorrow. I I got it tomorrow. Because I'll take grace once. But then I got to earn my next one. Mm -hmm. I'll take a freebie once. But after that, I got to earn my keep in this. Yeah. And that is not God's economy. Yeah. That's wildly antithetical to right. the gospel. It, like, it is it is it is absolutely antithetical. Yeah. And and yet we do that. Yeah. And we do it all the time. All the time. It's you know, I, I tell the story of of getting sober often. And yeah. I, you know, my first day of sobriety was June twenty third, two thousand nineteen. And my first day walking into a church was September twenty first, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. So there's a ninety day gap there. Yeah where I was trying to 
be a Jesus follower without any help and without, yeah, I I can do this. Not only can I do this, but, but he'll show me the way like, sure. I can do that. Oh yeah. And, and, and I can bring it. I can bring to him what he needs. I can pay him back for saving me from this alcoholism. I can, I'll pay him back in that time, you know, before I knew I was going to walk into church, you know, (laughs) I'm doing all these things. I'm like, Oh, I'm reading my Bible every day now. I wasn't doing that before. So that pays you back, right? Check. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I listened to a, a, a faith-based podcast today. Check. That, yeah. So that, I earn points for that, right. right? And then, and my brother is continuously reminding me, just remember that you don't actually earn points. Right. This isn't a point system. Right. And, and no one anywhere is keeping keeping right. track of the score. Right? right. This is, you're basically on whose line it is in any way, where the points the mean points nothing. Don't and, yeah. and And everything's arbitrary. Yeah. Because really all that matters is your faith. And the fact that you're diving into the word and doing all that, what you're doing is strengthening your faith. Right. And that's what he cares about. Right. That's what he's, is that you're, you're out there going, okay, this, I picked up the five pound dumbbell. This is the reference my brother and I always use. That yeah. When you walk into a gym for the first time, you don't pick up a hundred pound dumbbell. You pick up a five pound dumbbell and you work and you work your way up to the 10 and then you work your way up to a 15 and we call it bumping weight that, yep. that you, you know, you start out with small faith. And then you bump weight, something, maybe something happens, maybe not. Maybe it's just that, that your faith grows organically and you bump weight and then you bump weight again, bump weight again. And eventually you get to that hundred pound dumbbell. Yeah. I know that you've had weight bumping events in your life that you look back on and go, oh yeah, that was a weight bump. Yeah. And, And then, and then you've had times where that weight bump happened organically where, you know, maybe it happens through working with a student or something like that. And those are. Some of my favorite stories to hear since you started your walk and since you became a youth pastor, what has your life kind of looked like? Like, you know, you, you grew up in a home that was sort of devoid of love and, but you have children of your own. Now you've built a family of your own. Talk to me a little bit about how you've actively worked to include all of those things in your own life so that you don't continue on that path you were on before you started your walk. Yeah. Yeah, in that moment, you know, as I said, I I knew that I would always be my moment of conversion, like that time. I knew that the rest of my life was going to be sharing this Jesus. And shortly after, I met my wife. Hmm. And actually, this Christmas we'll be married twenty seven years. Congratulations! Thank That's you. awesome. Thank you. Um, she is truly the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. I joke about this, but I, Patrick, I know a lot of people. I mean, I've, I've been around in ministries and I've done a bunch of different jobs in my life. I've met a lot of people and Teresa is truly the most amazing person I've Mm. ever met in my life. And so when God brought her into my life, you know, as a newer believer, uh, she she would tell you right now, she said there was something just so wildly attractive about me as a as a man, as a young man who was willing to share my faith mm. in any way. In fact, on our first date, she uh, she said she knew she had something different when we we went out to dinner and our food got to the table and she grabs her fork. She's about to dig in. and I go, actually, hey, do you? do you mind if we pray first? And she's like, no, that's fine. And so she kind of, you know, does the American thing, you know, folding her hands. And, and I said, actually hope this isn't awkward. 
but I'm kind of a big hand holder and I hold my hands <laughs> out. <laughs> I go, would you mind holding hands? We're at this like really nice restaurant. I mean, for, you know, just out of high school kid. Sure. And, and, uh, and we're at this two top. I mean, of course, they're not going to put us in any place romantic. It's this two top in the middle of the middle of the whole room. And I'm wanting to pray with <laughs> holding hands. And she said later, she's like, when you did that, I, I knew this man doesn't mind other people knowing his faith. Mm. And she said, I'd never met any, I'd never met a man who was like that. So God had like brought the two of us together done this amazing work in the both of us. And as God had said to me, hey, I need you to dive into, I want you to dive into me. You've been away from me. Now learn me. I I had been spending time, like a lot of time, reading, uh, questioning. Mm -hmm. uh, I spent a lot of time talking with other people who I knew were believers in this Jesus, who I trusted, who... Mm -hmm believers who had fruit and by fruit i mean people who weren't perfect yeah people who could say hey i i messed this up i'm sorry this is jesus who's forgiving me and i'm asking you to forgive me too jeff like people like that yeah and so i spent lots of time with them and at the same time that that was happening i was spending lots of time as you said you know when you share the gospel with somebody it strengthens you there's it it becomes real again. Yeah. It, it reminds you of the depth of it. And I spent gobs of time doing that. Hmm. And, you know, fast forward, I suppose, Teresa and I get married and uh, we, we were married for a few years. And then we had our son, Riley. And I was terrified. I was terrified to become a dad. Hmm. It was the longing of my heart to become a father. And I was terrified of it because I knew the man that I was being raised to be. And I was terrified that somehow I would slip into that. Yeah. Somehow my son would do something that would annoy me or frustrate me or make me angry. And that I would slip back into what I was being raised to be. And, and the beauty of mercy and grace is that God God does not just fix us just like that, right? He, he doesn't just take us and wipe away everything in us all at once. I think we'd be dead if yeah. that happened. I, I don't think we could handle that. Yeah. Emotionally, we would, oh, it, would yeah. it would destroy us. Oh, you're right. hundred percent. Yeah. But, but he does this thing, uh, Christianese, we call it sanctification. It's this beautiful word of sanctification. And the, the meaning to that is this slow draw. It's this slow process of making you back to how he wanted you to be, mm -hmm. getting you back to how he designed you to mm -hmm. be. And he doesn't do it all at once. It's a, like I said, it's that slow process, right? And, and he did that with me. And there was lots of failures as a father. There was lots of times when of course. I shouldn't have said it that way. I shouldn't have done it that <laughs> Ooh, way. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> but there were lots of moments when I could feel Holy Spirit using me, working in me, giving me the words to say that had more compassion, 
for my son or for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my daughter came along two years after my son. Um, Clara is, she is a truly an amazing woman. I don't know. I've ever met anybody like her. Mm. She's just something gifted and deep hearted and full of love and compassion and this deep longing for justice for others. And, and my son, uh, he, he is one of the deepest thinking godly men Mm. I've ever met in my life. Just truly awesome to watch God take my break chains, Patrick. Yeah. The, the path that I was on, uh, truly I should be in prison. Uh, the path that I was on and God said no and brought rescue, brought, brought freedom to me and broke the chains, the, the, the generational cycle. We call it generational curse. Even. Yep. He broke that off in me. And now I'm watching my son, my son at, at the time of this recording, my son has about seven months left before he graduates with his master's of divinity. And usually an MDiv is used to be a pastor. And I am floored at that, Mm. that the Lord not only would save my son, but then call him into some form of ministry as well. That that my daughter is saved and walks with Jesus, that that God would, that God would do that. That's not by my doing. Right. I, I don't have the power to make a Christian. Yeah. I am supposed to share Jesus with you, but God is the one who brings salvation. And that he did that with my children, I'm, I'm floored. Yeah. Yeah, floored. Hi, this is Future Patrick. The introduction to the lightning round with Jeff was jumbled and a little awkward. And I'm a new podcast host, so I took this opportunity to use the magic of editing to reintroduce the lightning round. What is your favorite verse? Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. Okay. What's your favorite book of the Bible? That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can I tell you my favorite chapter of the Bible? Sure. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Okay. Remember. What's your favorite movie? It's a Wonderful Life, hands down. Really? Yep. If you could have dinner with anyone, living or dead, who would you choose? My family. Okay. What do you hope God says to you when you meet him? Well done, my good and faithful servant. What's your favorite word? Bro. <laughs> What's your least favorite word? Mm. That one, I was trying to think of that. <laughs> I don't really have one. You know, okay. some people hate different words. Yeah, oh, I don't really have that. Yeah. And that the answers that I've gotten to this so far have been oh, yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, okay. What noise or sound do you love? I like absolutely love two different things. Um, babies breathing. Mm. And I absolutely love the water lapping up on the lake shore. Okay. Waves, waves coming in. Yeah. Love it. Uh, what noise or sound do you hate? Uh, people chewing. 
If you weren't a youth pastor, what would you most like to do? Uh, if I wasn't a youth pastor, I would most like to mentor youth pastors. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and last but not least, not listed on this, not listed anywhere. Would you seal us up in prayer? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm I'm honored to do that. Yeah. So please now, Father, go forward and break chains. Go forward and rescue. Go forward and do the miracle of bringing new life and new clothes unto the sinners, unto the, the people who have fallen asleep in you. Awaken and draw us close to you now, Father, please. We love you and we pray all this to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your thoughts and your your work putting into this, into this. And I know I'm just really thankful to get the chance to to record your story, to be able to share your story that has meant so much to me as I've looked to you as a mentor in in youth ministry and student ministry and yeah. and just thank you for for just spending the time with us here today. We hope you enjoyed our walk with Jeff Fernandez. We are a new podcast, so please tell your friends about us. Like, share, review on your podcatcher, and please follow us on all the social medias where we are walking with Jesus. Blessings, everyone.